books. Um, I have a paper shredder for sale if anybody wants one. <laughs> so, Is this just a... <laughs> so, so if you need a minister or a paper shredder, you know who to reach. And associates, folks. <laughs> oh my god. At associates underscore pod. <laughs> This is an associate's, we are not CEOs, we are associates, that's what we are. Hello and welcome to this episode of And Associates, I am one of your hosts, Preston Eberlin, along with... Your favorite host, Carson. And we just want to remind you to subscribe, rate, and review us on the Apple Podcast app. Um, and yeah, we'll just go right into corrections and clarifications. Carson, what corrections and clarifications do you have? Um, well, my bad fam. Also, what are our fans called? Are they... Because I was just going to refer to our fan base, but, like, I don't know what they're called. They could either be associates or just uh, the abbreviated version of associates, which would make them asses. Okay. All right. Well, dear asses, I apologize (laughs) because I started my washing machine, like, very shortly before we started recording this without (laughs) thinking through so you're gonna hear my washing machine throughout this episode you're welcome enjoy (laughs) at least you know she's wearing clean clothes or maybe right now she's not wearing clean clothes and that's why she's doing laundry correct yeah i'm actually doing laundry because here's why i'm here's why i had to start the washer because molly peed on the floor and I used a towel to clean it up. I just have like dog towels that I don't personally use, but they get really smelly if I don't wash them like immediately. Well, naturally. So. <laughs> oh, anyway. Um, okay, wait. The other thing is that um, last week we talked about a lot of heavy stuff um, as far as police brutality and things like that. And I think as an overarching clarification, (laughs) we'll just cite (laughs) Dean Braxton, who's been a guest on our show before and does a lot of work in this area and research in this area. Um, And as an, he's a consultant for diversity, equity, and inclusion. Mm -hmm. Um, He wrote an op-ed for the Columbus Dispatch. Um, So I would encourage you to just, read that and ignore everything we said yep uh well thank you carson um yeah and i just have another correction about nonprofits going back two weeks that uh, so last week i mentioned let's do one every week for the rest of our lives basically gonna do that because i just realized that there was a giant segment of nonprofits other than churches that we also didn't mention which are NGOs, which stand for non-governmental organizations, which are like international nonprofits, um, doing work and like foundations uh, on the international s- scheme, uh, which mm-hmm. play, I mean, multiple different ro- ro- roles uh, in the international space. Um, not the least of which is some of them are diplomacy uh, organizations. So, uh, is just, the UN an NGO? No, no. Oh. Because you and NGO, you good question, Carson. But no, the UN, because it's made up of governments, uh, does not classify as oh, NGO. you're like, no, you're an idiot, that's 100% government it's related. Fine. It's fine, it's fine. Um, yeah, no, NGOs are like, while government entities may like support them somehow like with grants or something like that um theoretically ngos are uh independent of of government entities well Uh, um i feel like didn't we didn't even bring up like schools or um hospitals either well i was saving those for next (laughs) week (laughs) no uh, you are you are correct. Like like liberal arts colleges, um, small private colleges. Most of them are are uh, nonprofits. Um, some some most uh, 
hospitals are um, either ran by like uh, a, a nonprofit or like some through like a lot have foundations um, and all that stuff. So yeah, we just we, maybe we'll just do another episode on nonprofits <laughs> where we fix all this. But I figure throughout our corrections, we can just correct some of it every once in a while. So uh, that's some of it. And with that, Carson, are you ready to go in the weekly wrangle? I am. So, perfect. So, we are going to go uh, and just talk about something uh, that's a little lighter. Oh my god, are you not going to let me play us in? Oh, sorry. Carson, please play us in. (laughs) Working nine to five, just trying to make a living. Working nine to five. Oh, Dolly. Those are all the words I know. Dolly uh, is proud of you. Um, and along that with, would mean so much to me. It really would, though. Um, Dolly, in honor of Dolly, we will be talking about side jobs. So, um, we're gonna talk about like side jobs that we have, like as adults, but also I think just like jobs we had growing up, uh, which like I consider side jobs too because our main job when we were growing up was like going to school, theoretically. Although that, again, that speaks to my own privilege. Did your parents tell you that? What? Were they like, uh, your job is to go to school and like do well, get good grades? Or did you um, conceptualize that on your own mostly? Yeah, I think that's like, there was a point I remember where my mom mentioned that like, um, we're not requiring you to have a job because you, your main thing is to, um, you know, do well in school. Which gets to, and I think it's important to know, um, just the privilege that I held that I didn't need to have a job um, necessarily to help support my family. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah. 100%. So we'll just talk about uh, our jobs, our side jobs throughout our lives. Carson, do you want to start? Um, Okay. My very first uh, job that I had was that I think all of my, uh, at least older sisters also had, was a paper route. Mm. Um, have you ever been a, a paper boy? I have not. Although, at one point, when my mother had some side jobs, um, one of hers was not distributing papers, but distributing, um, uh, what are those things? Phone books. And so we would go with mm. her to do that. <laughs> But that's like a drive and drop kind of thing. Correct, yeah. So we lived like in town and we walked our paper route. Oh my God. Um, It is like hard physical labor. And I'm not like by any means a large person (laughs) now, but I was even smaller as a child. Right. So it was very, very hard work for me like to carry a paper bag with like um, 50 to 70 um subscriptions in it wow. and um you didn't have to memorize the houses but like it was easier if you memorized which houses you threw to right. it was kind of fun honestly like it'd be something that i would do now but i would like probably pull a wagon or something because it's fun <laughs> to like have the physical like the walking aspect being outside in good weather at least mm-hmm. um and rolling them up and like putting a rubber band around it so there's something kind of cathartic about that and then just like you know throwing them i enjoy yeah. throwing activities so <laughs> was it's that not bad for a first job but you get paid shit yeah yeah and you why well, i guess i'm saying yeah like i had it but what some questions about this was it like it is in like tv shows and stuff where you had to wake up at like 4 a.m to Yeah, my sister used to complain all the time because she always made the point that, like, the mailman would get certain days off, but as a paper delivery person, you didn't get those same days off. There are very few days that the paper does not get delivered. Very, very few. Um, And you didn't necessarily, it wasn't necessarily, like, 4 a.m., but to get the Saturday morning paper out, you had to be up early, up and at them. Now, the people who do, so one side job that I thought about doing in Columbus when I was destitute and Mm -hmm. um, living on dollars Mm -hmm. per day 
um, was paper delivery, but it was more like, um, I think it was either like going to the actual like warehouse and getting like the bundle of papers and like dropping them off at someone's house who like then goes and delivers them or maybe I would do the route. I don't know. Mm. That was early though. Yeah. And maybe that's because it was more houses or because it's Columbus, but they're like, yeah, you'll come at like 345 in the morning. And I was like, "Uh, no thanks. (laughs) Can't busy. I have a thing. (laughs) Sleeping. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. How old were you when you had your route? Um, I'm not, I, I'm not 100% on that because we lived in the same house for basically my whole life until I was like 20 or 21. And when we moved there, my sisters were like 12, 13, my older sisters, mm. maybe even 14. And so they got the route. And they had it and, like, passed it down, passed it down. And then there was a bit of a gap between us, um, the three older sisters, and then me and my sister, who are close in age. And during that gap period, our neighbor had the route for a little bit, the same route. Mm. And then we took it back with my older sister. And then I think, technically, I had it at some point, but... Um, also, I might have just literally just been a sub. Honestly, I'm not for sure. Like, I just was always doing it with my sisters also. Gotcha. I know that I for sure also, like, at, like well after that period, mm-hmm. some random person in town had it, and I subbed for them. Gotcha. Um, and that wasn't bad because they paid me nicely. Nice. Um, well, my first, like, job or, I guess, thing that, like, I got paid for um was uh <laughs> this is so dumb my grandma when i we were growing up lived close enough where you could walk it was probably like i don't know 10 minute walk uh, it was like half a mile um away and so my first job was like watering her plants <laughs> um and helping with like her lawn uh which then extended to like me just helping my father whenever there were like lawn things that needed done so like one of our elderly neighbors I then would help like rake leaves and stuff for her and this was probably when I was like I don't know 10 and she would like hand me a five dollar bill or something um so like that was my first like side job in terms of uh actually like procuring procuring money that was like mine so it was this, it was helping elderly people with uh, watering their plants outside, but also um, picking up leaves and whatnot. Um, that was my first, like, I don't know. I love that. Side thing. And that, I mean, I love that. and, and you'll, you'll see, you'll see a, um, a theme with most of my side jobs that have to do with uh, <laughs> things that people, I don't know. Uh, it's never really with institutions, although, so I'm going to get into my next one, which was my first, like, official job job where, like, taxes were taken out and stuff. Uh, oh yeah, and so if the IRS was, uh, listening to any of this, all the money that I've paid for all my side jobs has always been less than $500 annually, uh, because then you don't have to claim it or whatever. Um, it's way more than, you can make way more than $500. Maybe it's 600 but... No, it's like three thousand. Not for least. an independent contractor. When you're when you're a minor. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, that's all I'm referring to is when I'm a minor. Um, <laughs> not for when we get into later jobs. Uh, all of those are less than six hundred. Thank you. Um, but uh, so my next job was I got into a program with the city of Columbus for, like, I don't know, urban youth somehow, um, where uh, they assigned us to different rec centers and stuff, and we, like, went through this, like, two-week training program, and it involved, like, an interview, and they gave us all these things, and then we went and, like, did specific work for some organization and my organization was a rec center which is basically a summer camp so I was basically a camp counselor this was when I was like 14 um so that was my first like job job where like I would get my check and like taxes were taken out and I was like oh 
who's that? What's that? Why am I not getting the full <laughs> amount? Um, but uh, yeah, so that was my thing. And I did that for like eight weeks. It was like an eight week program thing. Uh, it was through the Columbus Urban League. Um, I'm not sure how I got it. I'm going to say my dad somehow, probably, was someone he knew. <laughs> Jerry was like, I know a guy who said he can get you in. Do you want to make some money? And I was like, well, I'm doing nothing else in the summer. Why not? <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I did that. And it was like an eight, an eight. I mean, like, the, the for all the weeks, it was like, it was almost like, uh, I don't want to say like a full-time job, but it was during the summer. So the whole summer camp, like, I don't know, it was like six, seven hours uh, a day. So it was like a full day where like we would get an hour break and all that stuff. And it was me and one other girl um, or one other person my age who was a girl. Um, she was assigned with me. And so we became friends. Um, I mean, I don't think we're still friends. We're friends on Facebook. So She's like listening to this <laughs> she, and she's like, ah, I'm no longer and I'm like, no, Kiki, come back. Um, and yeah, so that was my uh, second job. Uh, or my second, I guess, like side job. Although that was kind of full job. What was your second one, Carson? I always did uh, shoveling sidewalks mm. for neighbors. And also for uh, my my grandma yeah, um, would go shovel her driveway. She would, like, make me hot chocolate. Um, she always had the best hot chocolate. Mm -hmm. She would buy, like, the fancy kind that cost a lot of money and had, like, special flavors. Oh, damn. Um, yeah, I loved it. Um, yeah, so I'd just, like, go over to her house and, like, on a snow day and, like, shovel her driveway and watch TV. Um... And then I think that goes, like, hand in hand. So that was obviously during the winter. Mm -hmm. So then during the summer, I would mow lawns. Um, I never really had a lot of lawns that I mowed. Um, but uh, it's actually really interesting because when I go back to the shoveling portion, there was – I had a neighbor who was a young female professional. Um, and she was, like, some sort of – regional district manager for like Aldi and she always like praised my business acumen and I really think that that had an influence on me like liking business and um choosing that as a major later in life because I was like she said I was good at this because I shovel snow <laughs> oh my god I love that <laughs> I really wanted yeah. to say she was the assistant to the regional manager no <laughs> opportunity missed it's okay um it's funny i mean so my next one was that i had um a couple lawns that i mowed um which it started with me mowing my church lawn because my minister at the time was like hey preston's of lawn mowing age and we don't want to hire a company why doesn't he just mow it and just for reference my church probably has I don't know. It has a lot of a lot of lawns. So like I was using a riding lawnmower and I would break it up because to do one section took like one to two hours and there were four different sections. Um, How slow did you have the mower going? Uh, I mean, it was going at its fastest. I mean, fastest. it has a lot. It does. I will. I will say like it has a lot of coverage, a lot of lawn, but. Cause it's, that's a long time if you're on a, if you were like push mowing I'd be like yeah that sounds right no but I, well because well, it's also the lawn that's on the side so it's like with like the house correct yeah, yeah. so okay. there's all that there's the front then there's the back over by the um by the playground the area all by the shelter house and the um, then that like strip that's behind the parking lot. So there was a lot. Um, who mows their lawn now? Now there's like, a company because now it looks I'm way better. <laughs> <laughs> no, now it looks way better um, because they, we hire a company. Because like I would do that, and I was expected to like you know weed whack and stuff. And like we had mm -hmm. first of all our 
writing lawnmower was awful. Our weed whacker was awful. And I was like, I can only do so much. Um, and plus I was like 16 at the time. I had just learned to yeah. drive. And I was like, I, uh, what is, I would rather not be doing this anyway. But I got paid doing that. Uh, and then I had an old man from church who I mowed his lawn, which would literally take me 30 minutes to do. But then... I would be at his house for two hours because he would spend an hour and a half telling me stories and he would Aww. tell me them over and over and over and over again. Uh, and it was fine. Um, and then I mowed another lady from church, her lawn. Um, so, uh, yeah, I just had a bunch of lawns that I would mow and that, um, that was mainly what I did in high school. Although, um, the, the final thing I did as like a side side job, um, in high school when I was growing up was there were, so there was our neighbor who I watched their house and their dogs, um, which this will come in a little later, folks, wait for it. Um, and my dad's old boss who needed someone to watch their dogs when they, um, went on trips to like Europe and stuff. And so I watched their two, uh, Labrador retrievers, which were beautiful, um, and stayed at their house and stuff, uh, to watch their house and dogs. Uh, they lived in Clintonville and their house was so like old and nice. Like it was the nice old, like of like, if the, the bones were good, but like it was still stylish because it's Clintonville. Um, so yeah, that, that's pretty much what I did for the rest of my school age time. Um, so like pretty, I would say fairly typical, um, things yeah. for people. What carried me through high school and how I paid for literally everything <laughs> was babysitting. Mm. Um, by the, about the time that I was 14, I started regularly babysitting for one specific family, um, who I think I've mentioned on here before because they got in touch with me recently, reached yeah. out to just like, um, catch up. And they um, were such a fun couple and had, like, so many friends and did so much that they, like, went out every weekend. And they paid me really well. And for a long time, they just had me come over when uh, the boys were already asleep and in bed. Um, Which is, like, for a lot of people, I feel like an ideal babysitting gig, gig. Um, but what I like about babysitting is interacting with the kids. So I like, you'd like wake a them weirdo up. was like, I was like, no, I did not wake him up, but play with um, me at some point, <laughs> at some point they come home. I'm like, yeah, they just woke up. I don't know. What happened. I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> um, at some point I asked them, I was like, are you, like, ever going to let me come over when they're awake? Because <laughs> I, I like, like them. Like, they're kind of cool little kids. Um, I actually met them through my neighbor who complimented my snow shoveling. The Aldi um, assistant to the regional manager. Yeah, yeah that's how I met them. Because uh, I was good at networking when I was 14. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I literally, I babysat for them for, like, a solid five years, and they were such a huge part of my life. Like, um, they were, I spent, like, every weekend there. I didn't even go to my senior prom. The weekend of my senior prom, I was babysitting them. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love that. But you... they single-handedly funded, like, all of my gas money, I didn't have, cause I didn't have a job like in high school at all. Yeah. Um, but I did, I was still expected to, uh, pay for my gas money for my car and anything that I wanted to do that was like, you know, if I wanted to go to McDonald's with my friends or buy something like kind of silly at Walmart or at the mall or whatever, I had to fund all of that. So gotcha. that's what I did with my babysitting money. Nice. Um, well, Carson, uh, we've handled through high school. Um, do I don't? Do you want to talk about any jobs you had um, during college, or do you want to move right into what I'm going to call adulthood? Uh, now I realize yeah, you're in let's college. Just... But... <laughs> Excuse me. 
Excuse me, I'm in professional school. <laughs> yeah, gonna be a lala. College makes it sound like I'm like woohoo. She's partying. She's partying every weekend. Yeah, when in re- reality, I'm like not. <laughs> Um, so which one did you want to do? <laughs> Sorry. Let's just go into adult, per- adulthood, per- generally. Perfect. Um, do you want to start or you want me to start? Um, you, you, you go for it. You have a lot. You have a lot more than I do. <laughs> I, I have a lot of random side things that is just like, what the literal fuck? So I'll do, um, before the pandemic. So I guess a, a fairly interesting thing Right as soon as I turned 18, I got ordained uh, by the Universal Life Church. Um, And so I am an ordained minister, and I got licensed by the state of Ohio to marry, which lasts forever. Um, Which I mainly did because I knew uh, that I was going to be doing at least one of my brother's weddings. Now, since then, I have done all three of my brother's weddings, and... A bunch of other weddings for friends, but also some weddings for random ass people. Uh, yeah, you're also locked down for my future wedding. You know that, right? Naturally. I mean, like, I already have one uh, scheduled for um, August that I'm doing. So um, that's one of my side gigs is I, I uh, officiate weddings. Um, and, like, my fee is relatively um, cheap compared to most other ministers. Oh, my God. Listen to you pitch right I mean, now. I'm, I'm, I love uh, it. I'm, you're like. I'm just going to say. <laughs> this is podcast we're not like other podcasts we're not um we're trying to get jobs right now literally not um well like i mean the thing is like seriously though when i have conversations with either the random people who have asked me or um old friends like literally someone i knew from high school asked me to do their wedding and asked how much it would be and when i told them they were like the minister that lives in our city uh, was asking for like $500 and I'm like, that's ridiculous. Uh, just do a wedding. So, um, anyway, I, uh, do weddings and, um, yeah, so that's one, one of my random funding, funding streams, which, um, obviously during the pandemic, um, kind of dried up because there weren't a whole lot of weddings because like, Mm -hmm. just for reference, the year before the pandemic in 2019, I literally did six weddings. Um, Oh my god, wow. Three of which were people who I did not know before getting in contact with them to do their wedding. They were just random couples that needed someone to do it, and um, I stepped in. So, um, yeah, that was that's one of my side gigs. Uh, should, should I do another one, Carson, since... Yeah, go for it. Okay, so another one along those same lines is uh, music. So... I will often, um, for church people, <laughs> sing at... Um... You do background vocals for Justin Bieber? <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. I, I'm actually his, ah, I'm his, ah. I'm his opening act. Um, no, I uh, often will get requests from people to sing at funerals or weddings. Uh, mostly funerals because people are like, we, we, why are we laughing? I don't know. I don't know. You're like, and surprisingly, this one picked up during the pandemic. Weird. I mean, I literally sang at a funeral during the pandemic. Um, and people were like, space out. It was really weird. Um, but so that is another thing, uh, that I do, uh, is I sometimes will sing based on their requests and what they want to hear and that sort of thing. Um, I have... I have been paid to sing at, um, at funerals and weddings, uh, more funerals than weddings because most of the weddings I'm doing, uh, however, an option for me officiating the wedding is for it to be a musical wedding. So, Ooh, okay. (laughs) Now, now that, that doubles the price, it doubles the price, but, um, Um, yeah, that's fair, but also it can just be your wedding gift to me. I'll, I'll, I'll remove the doubles for you for, for the no I'm just kidding um, so that that I mean that that's another uh, side hustle thing side gig that I do um, Carson you want to go ahead and share one of yours yeah but I also like just off the cuff like off the top of my head I think that my wedding musical is going to be called Carson Gets Married the Musical um, just throwing that out there, but I want to keep thinking about that. 
um, so that I can revise the title. Um, one side job that I have had as an adult consistently, but I have also sworn off as I will never, ever have ever again, is working in retail. So I've had like a couple of full-time jobs that I work where I don't make enough or very much money. So I would work retail on the side to help um, pay for things. And I've worked at um, Dunham's, the sporting goods store, Kohl's, the clothing store, (laughs) and Target. Target. The... the, bullseye store (laughs) (laughs) um target is where i got paid the most um i got treated the worst at dunham's and paid the least at dunham's Mm. and anyway i also like just i 100 percent swore off retail like i'm never going back to it i don't care i would rather do anything else like it just and I think that we've seen this through the pandemic not to get like too serious but we get so serious during <laughs> the dumbest the, the ones where that are supposed to be like super lighthearted. we're like and that's how World War 3 is gonna start but anyway go ahead <laughs> death and doom and gloom um we we've seen this that like People who work customer service, retail, food, whatever, um, don't really get treated like people. Mm-hmm. And it's been really horrible to witness during the pandemic, but it was just, it was enough of a like blow to the self esteem before the pandemic that I'm just like, I'm never going back because people are so rude to you. So. Yeah. Um, be nice to the people that you encounter in stores, folks. They're probably not having a good day. (laughs) Uh, yeah. No, thank you for sharing that, Carson. And, um, I mean, I'll just mention that, like, I, at least, like, in my adult working life, have not worked, uh, retail. I worked at Kroger for a hot second in grad school. Um, and worked at a mall kiosk for a hot second, but those were, I'm not going to talk about those. Um, but I mean, huge respect for all retail people because it's, um, you know, chaotic. Um, but with that going along the lines of my side, side jobs, which are mostly, um, so I, if, if there's a definite theme behind mine, which are, um, it's all based on like people I know or people who have known me. Like one of the weddings was someone I went to college with, but it was her boss getting married and they needed someone. And she remembered in a class me mentioning that I was a minister and that's how I got the, (laughs) got the wedding. Um, and like the funeral singing, like those are people that knew me, know me. Um, so one that is, um, not, like that, that I I took up at the beginning of the pandemic. And it was both just, um, I mean, it wasn't really to make money as much as it was to just get rid of stuff was selling on eBay, um, which was, is, is, and was much easier than I thought it was because you literally, or at least I just make it so that the person pays for shipping. So I literally just have to print the label and then throw it in the mailbox. Um, and I, I mean, in selling on eBay for, I mean, about a year now, I've made, I don't know, like a thousand bucks um, on the crap that I've sold, which some of it is like uh, old video games, old um, Pokemon cards, uh, just a bunch of like random stuff. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was that. That's another another one that I did or have. I. I have a bunch of sports cards that I'm in the process of, like, identifying and getting ready to sell, Mm -hmm. but I haven't really touched them since winter break, Um, and now that I'm about to be on break from school again, I don't really know how studying for the bar is going to go, but um, hopefully 
I'll have some time to touch on things like that. So like my plan is to um, sell them probably on like eBay, but I want to make sure that I do it the right way so that I'm not selling like a five hundred dollar card for, for like, like five dollars. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair. So. So anyway, if you wanna. Um, Give me lessons on eBay selling. Honestly, most of the shit I sold, I was like, I literally don't care how much this sells for. So I would just use the like recommended price based on recently sold like items. Um, And that's what I would sell it for, which probably isn't getting me as much as like I could have made. But also I just wanted to get rid of it. Like I I sold so many books, um, Mm -hmm. like old school books. I like having books, though. Oh, school books. Um, I have a paper shredder for sale if anybody wants one. <laughs> so, Is this just a... <laughs> so, so if you need a minister or a paper shredder, you know who to reach. And associates, folks. <laughs> oh my god. At associates underscore pod. Oh, <laughs> uh, I love it. Um, well, Carissa, I'm gonna keep going with some of my crap because I have... I don't know, I have so many random things. But, like, along the same lines of not working for the man, but working for people, um, I, as you all know, I have watched Dogs and Houses uh, for about a year now, again. So I did it in high school, and now I've I kind of started doing it again because a friend, her sister, needed a dog watch, and so I got in there, and now I watch not only that dog and house, but also the dog and house of their parents, uh, which is where I was recording two weeks ago. And now I, um, and I watch the dog, or excuse me, the cats in the house for my brother when they are away on vacation. And now one of my um, colleagues at work who uh, knew that I watch dogs in houses uh, is planning on going vacation in, in the summer and asked if I would watch their dog in house. So I'll be watching that dog in house. Um <laughs> So, yeah, that's that's another uh, <laughs> side uh, hustle thing that I do uh, is watch people's houses and their uh, dogs or cats, uh, depending on what they have. And my um, my uh, old my college roommate, my tennis partner, who I've talked about on here, he him and his wife asked if 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 they're planning on going on vacation, if I would watch their dog in house. Uh, at some point, and I was like, I mean, sure, so, uh, (laughs) that's just, you know, another one, um, based on, uh, having one, uh, about a year ago, and now I have, what, four or five (laughs) that I might be doing, so, uh, that's another one that I have. I love that. It's such an underrated, important position, Mm -hmm. because, um, it feels really emotionally taxing to leave your dogs. Um, and the alternative is to like board them somewhere, which sometimes isn't possible or sometimes just feels like really sad, even if it's a good place to board them. Like it's just, is really hard to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so you are doing the Lord's work. <laughs> Thanks. Um, yeah, and I, th- I think that's one reason um, people b- people like when I do it, because, like, for most of the houses, like, I'll literally, I'll literally just stay at their house, um, because that way then there's also someone, you know, watching their house, so uh, it's just an extra thing, uh, which, which honestly, it's, let's be very clear, this is more of a job for probably, like, a college student or something, but... The perks of, uh, you know, being single and just having two cats. Um, yeah. My two cats can take care of themselves while I'm away, and I'm able to uh, do this. So, that's a... That's I know. I feel so weird, like, ever, like, putting myself out there to say this, but I would, in a heartbeat, babysit for anyone, because mm-hmm. I love, like, kids and being around kids, um, but I feel like that's something for like, you know, like high school. Yeah, like 16 year olds or something. Like, I'm like, I'm going to take this job away from a high schooler or something. Um, yeah. and like at a certain point you're like, you're an adult and they're like, don't you have your own children? No, Susan, I'm not ready yet. <laughs> I don't. Oh, I love um, it. Um, but yeah, I think I would also do 
dog sitting and house sitting if my own babies weren't so <laughs> needy. Yeah. They literally, like, last night made me um, have a slumber party with all of them, like, so close to oh. me. I had to sleep not in my bed um, because they all wanted to be, like, in proximity. So that meant we were out on the couch. So, oh. um, yeah, imagine me leaving for a night to go <laughs> stay at someone else's house. They would not be happy chaos um well carson i have um two more to share <laughs> with the audience i have so many <laughs> literally once we started making these lists i was like jesus why do i do so much but then i'm also like ah college debt um but anyway mm. i have two yeah, more to it's sh- gonna be me soon <laughs> yeah enjoy um i have two more uh do you want me to share those two do you have a couple or um, no, I'm just going to continue saying that I have a paper shredder for <laughs> sale and that I will babysit your children. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, well, my other, <laughs> Jesus. Um, my other two are uh, fairly simple and one I can't even do anymore. So um, at the beginning of this year, I started to give plasma um, because I saw that like I could make like $700 by giving eight times. I'm like, I've given blood. How hard can it be? And oh, yeah. um, so I, I should go do that. You should, because if you do it, I get a referral. Um, yeah. And plus you have to do it by, I think, the 5th of May. So, um, oh, my God. Okay, I'll go. <laughs> go today. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I did that. But now that I've gotten a tattoo, I can no longer give. Um, so that side hustle is away. Um, but I mean, it was a good one for, for the first couple of months I made like a thousand bucks, which was, you know, pretty nice for given like, I don't know. More than the government gave us. Oh, God love the government. Um, and then my newest side gig, which I think I may have mentioned getting a stringing machine, uh, from one of the guys from my club a little earlier in a Mm -hmm. previous episode. Um, but I've started to string rackets for people. Um, and so. That's fun. Is it relaxing? It is, because, like, I just, um, you know, and, and this will actually be a good meld into our walking and talking section, but, like, basically what I do is I, I have my headphones in, and I am, you know, listening to, right now, I, I was listening to Harry Potter uh, while I was just stringing a racket, and I, I just was able to do it. Um, I mean, it takes, each one takes me about an hour, Um it's not a, a, a new machine by any means, so it takes a little longer than, like, if I had one of the newer machines, but uh, that just makes it even more relaxing, um, crisscrossing in and out for, like, the crosses and all that stuff, so um, it's it's super simple, and, um, I mean, it's just an easy way to make, like, 20 bucks. Um, you know what I'd like to do? What? I would like to have a side gig where I do bike tune-ups because I actually really like working on bikes and I'm really good at it. It's not hard. And if I just invest like a little bit of money to have the right tools, then it's really not hard. Yeah. Um, So, yes, I'm going to put myself... You know, I also put myself out there uh, for plumbing services (laughs) and vacuum fixing services. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. So plumbing... Vacuuming, vacuum fixing, bikes, um, and paper, paper shredding. <laughs> those are those are the. I'm your gal. And if you need a minister, uh, a house or dog sitter, um, if you need someone to sing at something, depending on the song. Some songs I can't sing. Let me be very clear. There are some songs I will not sing and not try to sing. But if I, especially if I get to choose the song, then I'll do it. Um, I can't give you any plasma now, sorry. But if or if you have a tennis racket, I can string that. Um, this is one big sales pitch. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> this, literally though, as I was listing these out, I was like, I mean, technically right now I have like ways of making money, like five different ways right now. I mean, it's never like what a lot it? of money, but it's a nice. Well, you're supposed to have seven streams of income or something. I'm like. <laughs> I am busy. One's probably like good. I'm gonna if I have one, I'm gonna be like, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, I have one, and then I have these other ones, but they don't they don't bring in that much. <laughs> um, what's t- 
tell me like one song that's out of your range not to get too far off topic but since you said there are songs that you can't do um uh well i mean i i guess it's not out of my range it's whether or not um you want it sung a certain way so like Technically, most of John Legend's songs are out of my range. However, I can get them in my range. That's literally all I've ever heard you say. <laughs> I know, and I had to find—I had to find it in the right key, didn't I? Right? Um, I guess, but whatever. But like, I couldn't sing any like Bruno's Mars songs or anything. Bruno's Mars. <laughs> Jesus. I was just gonna let it. I think slide. I just had a stroke. What was that? Um, yeah. So uh, okay. yeah. Did you have another um, side hustle? I think I listed them all. That you were going to share? I don't think there were any. Oh, okay. (laughs) Don't you have 17 other ones that you want to talk about? I hope not. I mean, there... Yeah, no. We don't need to talk about any more. Um... No, no, no more of the things that I'm doing, I'm making money on. It's just volunteer crap now, where I'm like, I'm not making any money on. I'm just doing it out of the goodness of my heart. And I'm like, why does this take more than any of my side jobs that I'm doing? <laughs> Here's another area where I see myself expanding. <laughs> just, just as an FYI. Um, because I didn't realize this, but someone I know does Title IX consulting work Mm. and she has someone like refer clients to her and she just like does the investigation and stuff for whatever institutions don't have like a title nine deputy coordinator of their own Mm -hmm. um so uh you know if i if i don't get a job (laughs) just become a consultant maybe i'll maybe i'll do that yeah perfect um, well, Carson, are you ready to talk about walking and talking? We kind of already shifted to that, but. Yeah, let's do it. What do you have going on in your life? Uh, How are you? I'm... Is it weird that we wait for like 45 minutes into the show before, before we, we ask each other how we are? I mean, probably, but it's fine. I mean, we ask for corrections. Those could start being like life corrections too, because God knows I have a bunch. Um, I'm, I'm just like, last week I was depressed. Sorry. <laughs> My fault. Um, yeah, no, I'm good. I have been engaging with Harry Potter a lot more. Um, which I, has been the past, what, three episodes at this point. Um, yeah. I'm almost done with... Did you finish? I'm almost done with book five. So, um, and I have book six already from the library, but I don't have book seven yet. So I'm like, I'm trying to find that sweet spot of like getting done at the time when I'll... Isn't, isn't book five your favorite? Yes. Okay. Yeah. How, how do you feel? Um, good. There were a couple parts where I was like remembering things in the wrong order and i was like oh interesting i was like oh what's happening but you didn't remember them in the order of the phoenix i didn't <laughs> they were in the order of the phoenix they were in the uh order of uh i don't know something else you have to here you have to reach deep into your chamber of secrets oh my god stop it and find my uh sorcerer's stone i don't know that yeah. didn't work as well so they <laughs> <laughs> That was stupid. Uh, But, yeah, so still engaging with Harry Potter. The only other thing that I have is I finished, I rewatched Rick and Morty, um, which is just a good show, I think. Um, I think it's a very intelligent show. I think I, help me out here, because I think I tried to start watching it, and I, like, couldn't. Do I just need to, like, get through, like, the first couple of episodes or something? I don't know. I think it's a very, like... You either like it or you don't. I think it's kind of like South Park. Um, because, I mean, I, I wouldn't say it starts slow or anything. I mean, if anything, it starts kind of like how it is. Um, I mean, every every episode has a meta commentary on something. So it's not taking the episodes literally. Um, you just have to figure out, like, what they're commenting on. And then once you do that, you're like, oh, yeah, that's good. That's good. Is there a guide to the show? Like, there's a Gilmore Girls guide? Um, I'm sure somewhere. I'll send you a video. I should rewatch Gilmore Girls. That sounds like a good, like, rainy day. Today's like a rainy, dreary day. This, uh, this would cuddle up on the couch. With, like, a nice cup of, uh, a cup of coffee. Like, they always drink. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, which... Like, white women and just, like, wrap up <laughs> in a robe woman. and, like, stare longingly out the window. Which, like, now, just as a side... But when I think about the house that she owned 
as a single mother, <laughs> I'm just like, fuck you. <laughs> that house right? was so nice. <laughs> well, okay, but she came from privilege, like, duh. Yeah, but, Come like, on. she was a runaway and, like, was a, uh, a housekeeper, um... Yes, but hardly, you know? And she gets, like, back involved. Like, but Mommy and Daddy okay, didn't help pay for that house. She bought, she bought that house on, like, minimum wage, and I'm like... She was working nine to five. Maybe she had a lot of side hustles. <laughs> um, Carson, what are you reading, watching, listening to? How are, and how are, how are you doing? I guess I should ask that, too. I am not okay. <laughs> I am unwell. I know. Um, actually, I'm fine. I, um, a professor of mine sent me a like a worksheet that I did from my first year of law school, and she meant well by it. Like she's trying to say, like, look at how far you've come because it was nothing serious, like serious work. It was just um, sort of a thing to make me think about, like how I'm studying and what I'm doing and what's working and what's not working. And um, I read through it and it was really kind of depressing because it was very clear to me like how much I was struggling with the beginning of law school and how like depressed I was at that time. So it was not like super fun to relive that. But, you know, her intentions were good. She wanted to say like, look at how far you've come. So anyway... (laughs) <laughs> she's like look we just need to look at the growth but she just wasn't good at communicating you yeah. know the growth part yeah so i'm not i'm not i guess i said that just to say like i'm i'm not i was joking about saying i'm unwell right now like i'm fine and i'm not currently depressed which is good that's so good, good look be depressed. it is good to not be depressed but it's also like it's okay if you are depressed um like it you don't is. have to hate yourself for that either so or you can um well <laughs> no <laughs> no you should don't hate yourself for being i'm trying i'm trying hard enough true but you can hate us for you being depressed correct yeah yes there it is um so i wanted to bring up some stuff that i've seen i've been trying to bring up for the past couple of weeks but i keep like forgetting Um, but I saw on social media, so one of the people who I've talked about, we've talked about before, Lovey Ajayi Jones, one of my favorite authors, um, and, and then several other people I've seen do this, but they have social media platforms with like a large amount of followers. So maybe it's a little more necessary for them, but either way, like, I think it's very, very healthy to do. They set up very clear boundaries and they're like, this is not a space for X, Y, Z. It's not really in, which makes it sound like it's not inclusive. That's not what I mean. Like, they're not saying, like, don't be here. They're basically just saying, like, this is who I am. This is what I do. And if you um, are going to come into, like, my private space, like, my direct messages and things like that and yell at me and, say like, be toxic or... Um, say derogatory things or like bully me or anything like that like you're not welcome here Mm. and I think that's really healthy to have those boundaries on social media and online because people just don't respect those things and I I don't I guess it's maybe because of the way that the internet just sort of developed and exploded yeah but it's so weird to me how our social norms in in the real world did not it translate fully onto online where we're having this like awkward teenage growth stage of trying to figure out what appropriate behavior is mm-hmm. i shouldn't even say trying to figure out like i think we know what's appropriate what's not appropriate but people just aren't like paying attention to it feeling like there isn't accountability i don't know um but i i feel like that's really important uh to to set that up and i really am grateful to have them as like kind of guiding lights and mentors in that sense um they're like i'm not your mentor
into our page. <laughs> they comment on this episode, what the fuck? Where did you get that from? Um, and then the other thing that I wanted to bring up was that um, in Daring Greatly, which I mentioned a few weeks ago that I had just read, I had just listened to, um, Dr. Brene Brown talks about vulnerability. Mm. And one of the things that someone talked to her about was how do you determine when it's okay, like on your TED Talk or your Netflix special or whatever, to share, because she shares some like pretty intimate details of her life um, and is very like open and vulnerable about some things. And they're like, how do you determine like when you do that or when it's like okay? And she explained like, that she never ever shares something that she hasn't already processed fully herself and if it's involving another person with them as well Mm. so um for example (laughs) not that this is like a huge thing and obviously we always have just like a light-hearted relationship and conversation um but I said uh that I was uh, upset because you didn't check on me when I was sick um, after the shot. Right. And so that would be an example of like, if I were Dr. Brene Brown, like we would have talked about it beforehand mm-hmm. and I would have said like, hey, next time, like I would appreciate it if you were like, are you okay? <laughs> um, instead of just being like, I'm upset. <laughs> <laughs> Look, is this my public apology? I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes Brene Brown uh, has some great advice. In this respect, I think she's wrong. I liked the way you handled it much more. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I air all of our dirty laundry. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that, Carson. And with that, I think it's a good place to slide up into the oh no's if we could. Oh no. All right. I don't want to bring too much attention to this because it's really bad, but I guess I just wanted to mention it so that people who maybe didn't see it or didn't know what happened, like understood or whatever, that... Nancy Pelosi, my oh no is not about me. (laughs) I'm fine. My life is great. But Nancy Pelosi said that, uh, I think she said like thank you to George Floyd for sacrificing his life. Um, And that is bad. And that is bad because he did not choose to be a martyr Mm -mm. or you know, do something in furtherance of a movement or something in order for there to be, like, um, accountability for Derek Chauvin or something. This happened to him because of the systemic Mm. racism and the systemic issues in policing. Mm -hmm. And when she says something like that, it just sounds incredibly tone deaf and really harmful to to a lot of people who are already holding a lot of weight and trauma and I just um feel really bad that people were exposed to that and had to hear that and that no one on her team was like hey Nance let's not say this seriously though um Uh. but it was definitely like an oh no moment where I was just like oh no. <laughs> that's why she's like ancient and I that, that that's the thing I don't get behind. Like people are like um, blindly supporting politicians or whatever. I'm like uh, I don't know. Like I think it's time for Nancy to leave. Oh yeah, which I think. Um... I mean, I, I think, honestly, she she kind of knows it's her time to leave. That's one reason she made, like, that promise back in, what was it, 2018, about, like, if I get the House speakership, then I won't run again in 2022 or 2024. 
um, not for her congressional seat, but for the speakership. Um, so like she's going to be stepping perhaps down. perhaps both. <laughs> she, she, she should she be. She might die soon. I mean, she's in her eighties for Christ's sake. Um, yeah. time to go Nance. Uh, but okay. Thank you for, um, thank you for sharing that Carson. My own no is about me naturally. Um, yesterday I was at work and my left arm, when I would raise it, hurt so bad. And I was like, oh my God, I'm having symptoms of the Johnson and Johnson, uh, blood clot. (laughs) When I tell you the number of men that have talked to me and contacted me about the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, I'm like, they have not said anything about me. It's affecting women. It, okay, so far. And I was like, I could be the one guy. And oh. so I had this moment of panic because then, like, I was getting a headache and I was like, oh my God, that's one of the symptoms. And I was trying to find the symptoms, like the list of symptoms for the people who, like, are, are having blood clot issues. And every fucking article I showed was like, what to look for? And then it didn't list the symptoms. It would just list, like, it was just a paragraph about shit. And I was like, this is not helpful. Then I finally found an article on Reddit. I was like, okay. But then my arm hurt all Babe, the- Babe, uh, well, well, listen. Well, let me ask you one question. What? Okay. <laughs> you're like, you're like shocked. You're like, she interrupted me. How dare um, you? You're a woman. <laughs> Did you look at Jessica Milati Rivera's Instagram? Because she has stuff on it. Well, no, because okay, I'm getting now to my yes, bitch, which is that's fine. That's fine. As I, w- <laughs> why would I look on social media? I was trying to look at news sources, and none of them were helping me. And what I've realized is no news source is helpful. <laughs> so maybe exactly I that's why I go to her. <laughs> Clearly, should have went there. Um, but anyway, so as I was laying in bed yesterday, I was like, oh, you know what it is? Every night for the past couple of nights, I have been sleeping with my left arm up and away from my head, which mm. because of my tattoo, because I don't want it to rub on my blanket and stuff because it's like not supposed mm-hmm. to. And so I've been sleeping in a position at which my arm has, when I've woken mm. up, is like, oh, I can, like, breathe again because it's, like, on nerves and stuff. And so yesterday, last night, I purposely slept with my arms down and, like, holding my hands. I was holding my hands while I slept like a freaking weirdo. Um, and I, when I woke up this morning, I was like, oh, my left arm feels perfectly fine. And so that's the story that's of how I realized I was overreacting um, per, you know, being a man. What's your yes, bitch, Carson? Um, uh, we have a new member of the the team here. Um, I don't think we've decided on a title for him. Um, he's kind of like the the old man that shuffles around the office and doesn't have doesn't really, any work to do. Doesn't really do anything, but he's there for morale. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, we're really happy to have minor and um he's a sweet sweet old guy and um definitely the highlight of my week Mm -hmm. and i met him yesterday and he's adorable Mm. which for me to say that about a dog is a big deal which i knew you would like it's he's like the kind of dog that you would like because he's just like he doesn't bark Mm -mm. he doesn't do anything he, he just like he, he, sleeps he doesn't re- react and... to other dogs like he's just you know Mm-mm. he's there yeah um okay are you ready for the associate of the week hit me um this week i want it to be rupee core and she um has published i think like three books three poetry books uh, milk and honey the sun and her flowers and homebody and she writes about a lot of really hard-hitting issues. So trigger warning, content warning. Mm. Some of what she writes about in Homebody is uh, rape. Mm. Um, but she has, and, and also depression. Um, and I have Homebody. I've been reading through it. 
Um, she's phenomenal. She does writing workshops and stuff I think I've mentioned before. But why I wanted her to be the Associate of the Week is because she's a young woman who has a huge social media platform. And she's been using that to help learn and educate people about what's going on in India. So mm. there was a whole thing. I'm, I haven't been super following it but there was a whole thing about like a farmer's protest in india and she was trying to help people learn and understand about that um which i did not learn about um and then she is trying to help people learn and understand the whole covid situation Mm. over there right now which i think is pretty bad is my understanding um it's very I, i just think using your platform for things like that is really, um, what's the word where you're like doing good? I don't know. Uh, humanitarianism. (laughs) Sure. I don't know. That's why she's the associate of the week. Love it. Thank you uh, for sharing Carson. Yeah. Because right now, uh, in India, basically their numbers are as such where, um, because they did such a harsh lockdown uh, at the beginning, their economy like had a bunch of issues, and so their government is refusing to go into a, a lockdown again because they're like, it'll be fine, but it's not fine. It's very, very not fine. Um, mm. And like hundreds of th- thousands, thousands of people are dying uh, because of COVID. It, it's almost, I mean, I mean, it's it's not almost, it's, it's like it's the beginning of the pandemic over there. And a lot of it is because of the um, different strains, not strains, uh, variants that have gotten there. Um, even though AstraZeneca theoretically is uh, produced in India, um, it's not being disseminated quickly enough. So anyway, thanks for sharing, Carson. <laughs> And uh, I love that we always bring it back to death and doom and gloom. We always do, always. Um, that's how this episode started. That's how, or this how this podcast started. That's how it will always end. Um, and with that, I'll remind everyone to subscribe, rate, and review us on the Apple Podcast Store, and say bye. Have a good week. Bye.